It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. March 6th, 2023, the centennial of the arrival on this earth of the man who would be West Montgomery. And we're on the air. It's Monday night. I'm your host. And our guest is Rodney Jones. The man is an adept of the ways of West Montgomery like no one else. If he heard me say that, he'd say, well, like nobody else except George Benson. Fine, I'll give him that. He is, he's been steeped in this music for 50 years, and he knows it better than anybody, can play it better than anybody. What I recommend you doing, this is part two, if you didn't hear part one, I recommend that you listen to part one but then come right back here. Because what you're about to hear is maybe one of the most consequential recordings that's ever been part of Deep Focus. It's a recording that Rodney Jones brought. This is unknown. I don't know anybody who knows about this. Unknown to all but a handful of people. If that, it's of Wes Montgomery rehearsing in a hotel room. And... Allegedly, supposedly, ostensibly, um, Rodney believes either that it's true, as you'll hear him say, or it's played by the greatest guitarist we've never heard of. Um, He would know better than I would. I think it's some pretty stunning guitar work from somebody, from anybody, but in particular, well, you'll hear us talking about it. It's remarkable. So I hope you enjoy it. And here it is. You know, if you can't find it unreleased, if you can find something that's rarely heard, that alone is extraordinary, you know, because it's brilliant. And it's like, you know, it's like you you found a treasure. You, you, you found a, a pearl in an oyster. Well, I have a, a dear friend who's a brilliant, brilliant guitarist. Uh, not, not terribly well known, but man, a, a creative genius in his own right. His name is Charles Epps. We've been friends for, you know, 40 years. And uh, so... Hello, Charles, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, Charles, thank you so much. And, you know, Charles is one of these unheralded geniuses of the guitar who has a completely... Talk about authentic. He has his own sound, his own way of playing, and it's brilliant, and I love it. And he shared with me, he said, you know, by the way, a friend of mine gave me a recording of Wes practicing in a hotel room. You know, you know, yeah, he he was friends with Wes, and... You know, Wes, he, he said, Wes, hey, I got this new tape recorder. You, you know, I'm going to come by your hotel room. Can I bring in and record your practice? And Wes was like, okay. And so he took it. And Wes is, you know, in his hotel room just warming up or whatever have you. And he, this guy recorded it. This is the story that I've heard. Um, so naturally, you know, I was salivating. You know, like, yeah. oh, my, you know, I had ear ear drippings, you know, because of the, I can't like I can't wait to hear this thing. You and know? now, just backing up for a moment, uh, the world is not awash in unfamiliar West Montgomery recordings. To my knowledge, this is the only, this is the first time this has ever been heard publicly, to my knowledge. And there's nothing else similar to it. I've never heard anything of West Montgomery practicing at all. This is uh, here on this 100th anniversary of his birth, and this is coming to light for the first time. I mean, 
I gave you the PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> you, I had to bring it. Look at it. <laughs> the Bitcoin. <laughs> the Bitcoin. Yeah, that. We'll see how that goes. You know. <laughs> yeah, Shiba Inu. Yeah, oh, that's that's going well. Uh, but uh, you know. Uh, so anyway, Charles. Uh, I was at Juilliard teaching at the time, and he came to, to the school. He did a master class, and it was brilliant. And then afterwards, he said, I, "He said, let me play this thing for you." And so I. He put it on, and like I, my mouth just dropped to the floor. It, it is, I mean, it's unbelievable. The, the dexterity, the speed, the clarity. Now, I will say this as a caveat, in case anyone's listening and wants to dispute if this is legitimate or not. I cannot independently verify what this is. I can't say, you know, chain of custody that it came from this person to this. I can't say that. Maybe maybe Charles Epps can't. I can't say that. Um. It sounds impossible. Some of it sounds like, you know, like it's a crummy recording, some of it. Um, but I did do my due diligence, which is I listened extremely carefully a number of times. I slowed it down. I compared the known vocabulary that Wes played during that time to what this is. I compared the, the keys of the songs that he's practicing on to the keys he recorded the songs, and all those things lined up. So if this is a forgery, this is the Leonardo da Vinci of forgers. If it's altered in some way, I can't say that it is or isn't. Either way, whatever this is and whoever this is, and I believe it, I believe it's Wes Montgomery, it is genius level, the most, uh, the most technically proficient and linear advanced Wes Montgomery that I had ever heard to date. And that's what we're going to share with you now. I will say, if there's a pair of ears better prepared to make such an evaluation, I don't know whose they would be. George Benson. George Benson? Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> Just to all clarify. Right. All right. Okay. We have to tell ourselves the truth. You say, <laughs> I'm, I'm really great, but I, I, I understand that, you know, when I'm around, you know, when I'm around George Benson, I become a kid again, yeah. you know, and I'm cool with that, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, uh, in all seriousness, this is, uh. For those of us who love this music, you are now inside. I'm going to give another throwback. You're in the inner sanctum. You are. This is 10 minutes and 35 seconds of Wes Montgomery in his hotel room just practicing tunes. Like, You're forbidden to record this, anyone. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Just don't. All right, it's WKCR. Go ahead. Here we go.
Thank you, Rodney Jones. We have just lost the half of our audience that is guitarists who've all <laughs> turned off their radios and gone to go practice. <laughs> that, while I'm going to let you tell us what that is purported to be. Well, I'll, I'll say it again. You know, my dear friend, Charles Epson, if you're a guitarist or someone who loves guitar, if you go online and look up Charles Epson, you'll find some brilliant guitar playing. But that aside... Um, he says that this is a recording of Wes Montgomery in his hotel room, uh, recorded by a guy that loaned him an amp, and that's you know, and it was a friend, and that's how it came about. Um, admittedly, some of it sounds impossible and like it can't be Wes Montgomery and ever, whatever have you. 
Uh, however, I have to say that, you know, the song choices and the linear um, ideas, the phrasing, a lot of it, it sounds like Wes Montgomery. Here again, no haters need apply. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it is, and I cannot independently verify that it is, and I'm not, you know, I don't get any compensation for playing this recording other than to say that now you can decide for yourself the merits of it. I will say this. If it's not... And whoever that person is is one of the greatest unknown guitar players we've ever heard. And if it is, then he's one of the greatest known guitar players we know. Either way, there's some good music there to you know, something to check out as a as a practice thing. And uh, I found it remarkable uh, and of great benefit. You know, whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, I I was told that it's Wes. You know, a be it yourself, slow it down, or do whatever you have to do to see if you think it is. That would be an interesting survey. You know, we'll see if there's a survey monkey about it. Is that Wes Montgomery solo or not? I don't know. Well, but, I mean, it's remarkable playing. It's phenomenal playing. It's, it is. It's ridiculously fast. And we admire Wes for a lot of things, but being a speed merchant's not usually one of them. No, that's that's correct. And, and I mean, the only way to truly know if it's Wes Montgomery is to hit up my PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll let you know. <laughs> We we That's work for coffee cake. That's a joke. <laughs> but no, I mean it, it's uh, it, it. That's an astonishing document, and as we said, there's nothing else remotely like it that's known to exist. There are, you know, there are recordings of uh, a lot of musicians we love playing informally. Some that have come to light. Billie Holiday comes to mind. Clifford Brown comes to mind. You know, these this same same kind of thing. Just them when they're playing for themselves. And which that certainly sounded like it, it, yeah, if it was somebody trying to pull the wool, I mean, it doesn't sound like a performance for an audience. It sounds like he's working through ideas. Yeah. And what would be in it to perpetuate? I, I mean, I, people do crazy things. You yeah. know, I don't say no one would do that, but I don't know what the upside of that is. And I, I do know the person that gave it to me is a person of the utmost uh, character and honesty. So it, it, it has the feel too of like of an internal monologue. Yeah, it does. That I definitely say I'm just I'm just amazed because it sounds so contemporary in a lot of ways. I mean, it doesn't sound like it, it sounds like somebody who's playing that is listening to a lot of more recent guitarists. Yeah. Well, I think this is mid. You know, this is uh, West believe it died in 1968 or 67. I think 68. Yeah, this is probably in the you know. So I would, in his mid 65, 64, because he played, he quoted um, uh, the end of a love affair. His arrangement that he he did a uh, an organ arrangement of that, and he quotes that arrangement there in the same key. And so, I would guess it's that. The the facility is phenomenal. That's that is really remarkable. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Rodney Jones, and thank you, Charles Epps, yeah. for sharing it on this centennial broadcast, the music of Wes Montgomery. Yeah, well, Charles uh, Charles Epps deserves the credit because, uh, number one, I had never played it you know, publicly for anyone, as I told him I would not. And uh, he was the one that said, no, go ahead and play it. And I think it's for the... For the greater good, you know, let the let the chips fall where they may. Make yeah. of it what you wish, but it's something new to introduce in the discography of West Montgomery, and you know, to, to debate 
about what it is. I think that that'll bring up some good stuff. You know? It's remarkable. It is. In any case, I mean, it just as a as a ten minute performance, it's really just sounds like nothing else, and uh, kind of goes back to the conversation we were having about the breadth of his of West Montgomery's musical vocabulary and and how many things he can pull. And he did some things in that live recording that we heard from the half note that also that didn't really sound like the kind of thing that he's known for. True. And he was cutting edge for his time. He used the vibrato, you know, the tremolo to, you know, the, to get the vibrato sound um, on some of the songs he's played. And on some of his early recordings, he's playing, you know, he sounds like T-Bone Walker playing blues. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. That's an interesting thing. I was thinking about this too. T-Bone Walker, I think was maybe 10, 12 years older than Wes. Is he uh, somebody that fans of Wes think about? Did Wes, do we know anything about Wes listening to him? Or? No, I, I don't think so. I think, I mean, I don't know. But but I think that the, the way Wes played blues is the way that any African-American guitar player that comes up in an African-American environment, neighborhood, who plays in clubs where people come on a Friday night and Saturday night to hear the blues... There's a common language that that you know that extends this part of that tradition, and so T Bone Walker is part of that. But there are many many blues artists that you know that play that kind of language, and uh, Wes plays it beautifully. But there's nothing at in those early early recordings of him doing that. It's like oh my God, it's Wes Montgomery, you know, and it's it's just amazing that he's doing that with his thumb. But the vocabulary he's playing, you know, it could be you know. You know Ed Cherry last week, mm. you know or Rodney Jones, or you know or Bobby Broom a month ago, or, or you know anyone that is an African American guitarist, and and actually now it's you know it's not even African American because that that has become American music in in many regards. So you could go listen to Dave Stryker or you know some of the wonderful players, Peter Bernstein for example, who also come out of that tradition. You you could listen to that and say that's that's of that time. And but I know that I I got that sensibility through you know playing countless gigs with Irene Reed and Jimmy McGriff and Jack McDuff and you know uh, and Melvin Jimmy, Ryan M- Melvin Ryan and Jimmy Smith and you know I just played the Chitlin Circuit you know and and uh, you know I just played I played it so I you know where you know immediately if it's good because if you don't get the audience going if you're playing blues and no one's responding. You're not make it's not communicating. You know that's that's a, you know call and response. You're calling and the audience is responding. And if there's no response, you're not communicating. It's different than plight jazz where you play and you know people say, oh that was marvelous. You know this is like you know I mean I played with with Jimmy Smith at the Iridium Club, one of his last performances. You know and we started playing and people went wild, yelling and screaming so much so that one woman was making so much noise that Jimmy Smith took out his teeth <laughs> in the middle of the show and started, like, holding up his teeth, like, talking to her. <laughs> you know, playing, like, you know, soloing in his right hand and his left hand holding the teeth, like, talking, and you know, to tell her, like, stop talking, you know, which I thought was pretty remarkable, you know, to a little-known skill he had. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, you, it, we just showed playing with Jimmy Smith was a dream of mine, and it, it you know, and it, the tendency was to want to play all the Wes-isms because I've listened and worn out those recordings of Wes and Jimmy Smith, you know, the further adventures of Wes, James and Wes, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But rapidly it was clear to me that, you know, Jimmy wanted me to be the best me I could be. Mm. 
He didn't, you know, he'd had George Benson in the, but he didn't need me to try to be that or to try to be Wes or Grant Green or, you know, Thornell Schwartz or any of the great guitars that he had recorded with. He just said, you know, do you. And I, and I was I was really fortunate. I played with him, and he offered me the, the job. Thank I, I did one gig, and he was like, okay, you're hired. We're going to Europe. <laughs> you had the gig. And then he died. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, let me, uh, do you hear regionalisms in Wes's playing? Do you hear, um, does he have Midwestern or Indianapolis? Um, is there a sound there? I mean, yes, in a sense that it's not, it doesn't, Wes's playing to me doesn't, sound like it's hard quote unquote hard bop it's got it's got a more lyrical it's not it's not devoid of the bebopisms it has those things in it but it doesn't sound like a guitar player who's playing Barry Harris language or Lenny Tristano or it doesn't sound like he's playing from some studied book of that it's 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 regional in the way that like uh Cannonball Adderley clearly is influenced by Charlie Parker but there's some other quality that, that makes it uniquely cannibal, you know, Johnny Griffin. Sure. You know, um, and, and I think Wes had that quality of like, you know, in the same way that George Benson has that quality, like it's a Pittsburgh. It does, you know, the New York guys were like really hip and really this and really that. Um, and probably most of the guitar players in New York at that time were maybe under the spell of more of the Coltrane, sort of the emerging miles, you know, aesthetic of what that is. And Wes is clearly playing like, you know, swing is king, groove is king, rhythm is king, joy is king. It's going to be creative, but never creativity for creative sake. You know, it's going to be creative if it happens to be creative. You know, and Wes was a brilliant writer, you know, composed and, and his playing is super creative, but never at the expense of the groove, never at the expense of the feeling, you know, and never at the expense of the blues. Like I, there's nothing he plays where the blues is omitted from his playing <laughs> intentionally that I've ever heard and uh, you know but uh, having said that the breadth of it you know we listened to Mikosa I mean the breadth of his playing on like a solo guitar piece like that and he also recorded you know I've grown accustomed to her face and some of these solo guitar renditions that I mean it's it's beautiful it's kind of the the beautiful lyricism like a Kenny Burrell playing a ballad mm -hmm. who's known for that sort of thing uh, uh, Wes had that covered big time as well you know Rodney Jones is my guest. We're talking West Montgomery, and it is the West Montgomery Centennial Broadcast all day long on WKCR. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. We have been, aside from that, diversion into that brain-shattering... <laughs> whatever that was. Whatever hotel room <laughs> rehearsal recording that, um, if you just tuned in, you blew it. But uh, you can catch it on the Deep Focus <laughs> podcast next week. Um, but other than that, we've been immersed in the year of 1965 and uh, talking about there, there's the West that the world knew of this emerging pop star somewhat late in his musical development. He's in his 40s and he's now kind of owning the airwaves. You, yeah. you were around to remember walking into the barbershop and hearing that well, coming I was, out. I was 12. If yeah. I, was, I was walking into the barbershop. We're probably calling Child Protective Services. But <laughs> but, but, uh, but I do remember, you know, uh, I was coming along, you know, which was remarkable. When I think of it, like I started playing jazz, and I guess in 19, you know, in earnest probably in 1971, you know, and I mean, Hendrix was still alive. 
Coltrane had only been gone a couple of years. Wes had only been gone a couple of years. So, uh, you know, Miles was still playing, and, and you know, and Dizzy was still active. And so I, you but know, I mean, I'm talking. We're talking AM radio. We're talking. Oh, that's right. That's you right. know, you get in whatever in a taxi, or you're on the beach, or whatever. jazz was popular music. Yeah, and it was danceable a lot of it too. Yeah, and this is what uh, Wes Montgomery's uh, emerging into, and getting the ear of the folks. Well, there's a video of Wes with Liza Minnelli, and Wes is playing Wendy, I think, on TV. Wow. And it's remarkable. It's like Wes is in an, an orange suit. Oh, man. You know, playing Wendy, and Liza Minnelli's there. It, it's really a, a a weird sort of juxtaposition, of, but it just shows the, the depth of his his success. You know, he, he was able to be on TV playing jazz guitar, playing guitar, yeah. which was amazing in itself. To be a black man in America on TV playing guitar in that kind of world, that was another extraordinary thing. Yes. And then to be like, you know, uh, uh, you know, a performer that's so natural and not, 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 you know, he wasn't the William F. Buckley of jazz guitar. Right. You know, right, he wasn't right, trying right. to be that. He was brilliant and smart and, you know, all of that, but completely natural and not based on academia. You know, the way I would say, you know, Wes is playing embodies the following principle. If you want to play exercises, you should practice exercises. If you want to play music, you should practice music. Mm-hmm. And everything about Wes tells me he practiced music. It reminds me when I, when I worked with Maceo Parker, you know, who was James sure. Brown's great saxophone. And something I noticed about Maceo, because I played with him for several years, whenever we had a day off and I would hear him practicing in the hotel room, we all practiced, you know. But Maceo always practiced in his hotel room like it was the gig. Wow. You know, he always played in tempo, full on, like it was the gig. And then... He would get to the gig, and it sounds like he was practicing. And then you wonder, like, well, how does he play like that? He practices like that. You know, that that's what he does. So Michael Jordan said, you know, they ask him. He would go work out three or four hours and then play the game and say, why do you do that? He said, because I work out so hard that when I get to the game, it's easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I get when it's time to play, I've already played way harder than I'm going to play at the, you know. So I think Wes, you know, I think Wes was just, you know, he was just one of those rare, gifted you know, touched with the you can play music wand, who was just so he didn't know what he didn't know, and because of that, he was free to play whatever he heard, and thank thank God what he heard was, uh, you know, of extreme beauty, you know, of uh, you know deep beauty. And I'm mean, here; it's a hundred years later, you know, from his birth, and we're talking about West Montgomery, and how many years since his death, and we're talking about West Montgomery, and that's a tribute to something that transcends. The guitar, something that transcends the time he lived in. There's something in his music that is so deeply human and real that it can touch a person in 2023. That's a really interesting point, what you make, that the effort to be unguarded and reveal what's really there. What if what's really there is is ugly and selfish and mean and and not well oh, then you'd you know, be in politics they, right right <laughs> and you know i mean you got to peel that away and then there you got to find that some inner beauty that's got to be there to be found and he had that yeah and i i don't even know that it was peeling away i think that he just i think he was just un unfiltered mm-hmm. you know in that regard I, you know i think he's just he was just himself and that was enough well the larger world is getting wes in an orange suit with Liza Minnelli, or on the radio in the... It sounds like the premise of a joke. Maybe, maybe. But Wes Montgomery walks into a club <laughs> in an orange suit with Liza Minnelli, and... And, but the Cats in New York 
downtown at the Half Note are getting a little different show. Yeah, well, Pat Martino in his book talks about a time when he and Grant Green and uh, George Benson and himself went down to the club to hear Wes play. It wow. was like It was like, you know, I mean, it was like they were all, you know, they were, and it takes a lot to make those guys speechless, you know, because uh, there's some pretty looming, pretty amazing talents, and, you know, they they have healthy regard for their own playing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, you know, if, if you're going to tell the truth in music, you have to tell the truth in your life. And... Anyone that could hear Wes and not hear the beauty and genius in that is, it shows, you know, they say people don't hear what the music is, they hear who they are. Mm. So if you can't hear the beauty in that, that means the beauty is not existing. And the good news is if you can hear the beauty in that, it's because you recognize something inside yourself. You know, if I walked down the street and you didn't know me, you wouldn't say anything. But if you knew me, you'd say, hey, Rodney, what's the difference? Well, you recognize me. So if you hear genius in Wes's playing, it means that that genius is somehow living in you, which is a hopeful thought. It means that in some way, you're connected to that. That existed. That exists in you. Now, how do you bring that out in the life you live? Well, that's that's our work. Something we like to say in on deep focus is playing is half of it, and the listening is the other fifty percent. So, yeah. Right. So you yep. gotta. Well, that's right. It's. I mean, it's a. It's a. It's a communication. You know. It's. Um, and then one other thing I'll say about Wes that I think is is unique. I think Wes, more than any other guitar player that I've heard, seemed to play what he wanted to hear and not just what he wanted to say. You know, he seemed to play the things that if he was in the audience, what would you want the guitar to sound like? And he plays those things versus, you know, because you could, you could have lots to say and then you listen back, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that's what I said, you know. But I, I get the sense that what he played and how he was was the same, one and the same. And he played the things he wanted to hear and the things he loved and the things he played. Rodney Jones, you have to spend a lot of time listening to arrive at that. You, that's the residue of a, a lot of countless hours with this music. <laughs> 10,000 hours ain't ten, nothing. Ain't nothing. <laughs> ain't nothing. And it just gets better and better, I think, too, right? It's, uh, it's February 19th, 1965. Down, downtown New York at the Half Note on a Friday night, and it's almost the same band back in West Montgomery. Winton Kelly on piano, Larry Ridley is now on the bass, Jimmy Cobb on the drums. And I'm eight years old. You're eight years old. I'm I'm a uh, uh, not eight years in old. the bassinet, <laughs> and maybe Ron Carter had a gig with Miles. Maybe he had to go off yeah, and do that. That's and possible. Larry Ridley, not too not too shabby there. Well, Larry knew West from in Indianapolis. Because Larry, oh, okay. Larry was from Indianapolis, so Wes and Larry played together in Wes's early bands with Freddie Hubbard and all that kind of Oh, sure, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's still right at home. And uh, this is going into Laura. Anything you want to... Uh... I mean, I named my daughter Laura because of the song. And not, not this version, because I hadn't heard this version. I named it for the Charlie Parker Bird with Strings version when I was playing with Dizzy and... Uh, was a challenging time for me, and that song and Bird's song connected me to something so powerful and so deep in the music. It made me realize that I wanted to play music. It made me realize that that's what I loved, that there was some quality, and of course, Wes has that same quality in everything he plays. And so, you know, Wes playing Laura is the best that it could possibly be, you know. Everything I mention, 
brings about a, a story from you of such depth and and thought and consideration and feeling. It's well. Have you seen the mu- the movie Laura? Yes. Yes. And see, the thing is, the odds are Wes had seen it too, and that's something that's a good you know object lesson for anyone that really wants to go deeper into the music to understand the context of the times the music was recorded and what people might have been listening to and exposed to. That movie is one of the greatest film noir movies there is, if it's even film. I don't know if it's called film noir, but it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And I believe that feeling and the intention of the song informs the way Wes plays it. You yeah. can feel that as versus, oh, he you know, he bought a book and learned it from a book or heard it on a record and just decided to play it. I think he, I think it was deeper than that and richer than that. It's Wes Montgomery Radio. It's the 24-hour centennial broadcast. I'm Mitch Goldman. I have a great honor. Rodney Jones here with me. We are doing a deep focus segment, 1965. And Wes Montgomery, I guess, uh, maybe co-leading the band with with Wynton Kelly. Or maybe this is uh, Wes's date, and later we hear Wes as a sideman with Wynton Kelly. Leading. Yeah, we'll we don't we'll never know that. <laughs> I think it's Wes's date because uh, Alan Grant, the host on the live broadcast, is addressing him. I think as leader. In any case, um, yeah, it's uh, West Montgomery Radio on WKCR. Laura. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
with us on West Montgomery Radio today, March 6, 2023, is the centennial marking the day of his arrival here on this planet 100 years ago today. And as you know, because you're here with us, music is as vibrant and of the moment as ever. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, here with Rodney Jones. West Montgomery for president. Yes. Got my vote. <laughs> Got my vote. And um, yeah, this uh, Rodney, you are your your scholarship and your ears and your open channel spirit and all the decades of love and admiration and and careful listening has been uh, shining a new light on West Montgomery for me. Uh, it's uh, such a pleasure being here with you. It's an honor to even be included into the, you know, as part of a celebration of West Montgomery. I mean, I, I can't really think of anyone that I would rather, you know, I would celebrate Kenny Burrell and I would celebrate George Benson. And and lots of, I mean, a lot of my contemporaries, I would, I would celebrate Russell Malone and I would celebrate Bobby Broom and Peter Bernstein and Dave Stryker and Paul Ballenbach. I mean, there's some fine players out here, you know, who can, can if I left you out, whoever you are, I didn't do it in purpose. Alex Levine, Miles Okazaki. Um, there's some really fine players. Um, but if I had to pick one as standing on, you know, on who's on Mount Rushmore, you know, there's Django Reinhardt's up there, Charlie Christian's up there, Wes Montgomery's up there. George Benson's up there. Guitar before West Montgomery, guitar since West Montgomery. I mean, you know, uh, he was the Jesse Owens of the guitar. He showed what was possible um, and then left it to the rest of us to, like, <laughs> sweat it out in the trenches and realize, oh, it's possible, but it's not, you know. Doesn't uh, mean it's easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he... he um, but I mean, no one can say it's not possible. No one can say it's not possible to play with that degree of swing or feeling or tone, you know, or block chords or octaves. Uh, you know, he he showed that it you could do it. That you could be, a, you know, have amazing facility and play complete. You know, like Bird did. You know, you know the difference. Bird being, Bird invented more of that language. Wes Montgomery was a uh, 
a derivative of the, that bird aesthetic in a sense, but a completely unique and individual voice. He was not parroting Charlie Parker lines or anyone's vocabulary. He had his own sound from the early days. I mean, you can go and see him, I think at 30 years old or something, 31 with Lionel Hampton. There's video of him with Lionel Hampton. And it sounds like Wes Montgomery. You know, he's clearly influenced by Charlie Christian, but it sounds like Wes. And I can look at his fingering, the way he's playing it. He plays everything wrong perfectly. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. It's completely wrong. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, I can look at it, and the guy can say, okay, here's the hat, here's the rabbit. Now watch. I'm going to do it in slow motion. <laughs> and the rabbit comes out of the hat or disappears into the hat. And you know it can't be, but it was. You just saw it. So listening to Wes Montgomery is like that. Every time I hear him, you know, I, I was remarking to you, uh, you know, that just listening to him play Laura, I literally felt myself getting choked up. Tears came into my eyes. And the quality that evokes that is something that's so deeply human and yet so deeply spiritual. I think the authenticity, he, he, he touches a place that in himself that doesn't really require him to even know it or be aware of it in the same way that Bird did, you know. There's a, there's, in many musicians, there's a separation of, you know, what comes from them and what comes through them. And I think in Wes Montgomery, uh, in his planks, there are so many moments of what's coming through him that just is profoundly moving and transcendent. It's, it, you know, as someone who studied guitar for a lifetime, it can't be taught. It can only be caught. You can catch it mm. if you listen to it. You can catch it. Maybe if you're a musician, if you listen to enough West, you might be fortunate enough to catch some of that. But I have been in, unable at Juilliard or Manhattan School of Music or Berkeley or any other school I've ever taught to actually teach the magic of West Montgomery any more like it teaches the magic of George Benson or the magic of Grant Green. I can teach you the vocabulary. I can teach you the words. I can teach you, you can recite a Martin Luther King speech, but can you make a Martin Luther King speech? Probably not. Right, right. You know, it, there's some other quality, some some depth of being, some, uh, you know, I guess it's a way to say it is, you know, all people are created equally, but all are not evolved equally. Mm. You know, all, all musicians all have something to say, and it's all valid, and I love it all. But there are there is such thing as these musicians, I believe, who've been touched and I think largely it has to do with um, the impact they may have. I mean, Coltrane's music, literally to this day, today, is transforming lives of countless people we don't know. Musicians, Wes Montgomery did that for me. Kenny Burrell did that for me. You know, literally changed my destiny. I could be doing anything. I don't have to be here talking about Wes Montgomery. I could be doing anything. I could be driving a bus or working as a school teacher in mathematics or whatever. But I'm here because of something in the music was so true and so beautiful and so pure. And it, it just taught me so much about how to be the best me, that I want to be that in whatever my journey is. I want to be that. I want to be Wes Montgomery in the way I can be me and to bring those values. And that, you know, that's the beautiful thing. That's what he offers students of the music. And anyone that li if you could listen to it and you love it, then it's resonating in you. So then how do you... You know, if you're a uh, uh, you know if you're an office worker, how do you be the West Montgomery of that? Mm. If you're driving a bus, how do you be the West Montgomery of that? That's the that's the bigger picture of it. But a West offers that so beautifully. I just love what he. I love who he is and was and what he demonstrated, what he modeled for us as possible. 
Rodney Jones is my guest. It's the West Montgomery Centennial Broadcast, 24 hours on WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD, WKCR.org, 89.9 FM here in New York City. Uh, or maybe if, you, you know, if you're just tuning in, just joining us, and you missed part of the show, you can, or if you heard the whole thing and you want to hear it again, come find it on the Deep Focus podcast. What you want to do, subscribe right now. Take that phone out of your pocket. Don't go looking at the socials. Just go to your podcasting app, punch in Deep Focus, and you can subscribe right now. And when this gets uploaded in a week, you'll be notified right away. And can I just, can I just say, and this is not, look, I don't get any money for saying this, but... Um, what you're bringing to this mix is super important. You know, you're part of it too. It's not just the people playing the music. You know, you you are giving this music wings. You're making it available to people around the world. You're bringing an awareness to it and a, a love. It's obvious sitting in front of you, you love what you do and you do it with passion. And and um, that's so important. You deserve credit for that too. You know, you're not like a, a, an automaton who's just spinning records and, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer while music is playing. You know, you're living, we're, we're listening, we're fanboying <laughs> while it's playing like everybody else. We're sitting here um, yeah. as amazed as everybody else. Oh, yeah. But that's beautiful to see, and it's super rare. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be a part of that because I, we're kindred spirits, and it doesn't matter who plays and who doesn't play. Like, none of that matters. It's this quality that you're embodying, too, which is you know, which is suitable. Something in Wes's music has drawn us to be a certain way, to be together, to celebrate him, and that's all part of the miracle of the music. It's it's wonderful. Thank you, thank you for recognizing that. I always say that's a that is you just put your finger on what Deep Folk is about. That letting the audience know when we get to listen with your ears and seeing how far you can go with this music and where it can take you. It's, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, I love movies, but, you know, you're watching a movie, it's unfolding in front of you. This is a whole other level where your your energy is contributing to the music, too. I would like to pursue, how often do you always say this? You said you always say this. How I often, say it all the time. How do you say it? This I is, go around saying this it. Is your, this is your go-to. You know, yeah. actually, I want to. <laughs> I that's know. sort of demystifies... Well, no, I mean, there's, it's, oh, we do the show, but, you know, every once in a while you take that step back, like, why are we doing this? Exactly. What are we trying to put across here? And, you know, I mean, some people might want to just have it on in the background, whatever, but there is an active engagement. Well, in that is the point, you know, that I realized teaching in academia for so many years. There, there were so many courses in how to play, how to play this, how to play this, how to play this, how to play this, and there was not one course in why to play. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. I thought that was shocking. Wes is giving us all a big lesson here. <laughs> Don't you think? And boy, you know that sound? It was the first thing you said when we started the show two hours ago. I don't think you used the word sound. I think you might have used the word tone. But it's it's everything that makes up the sound. Tone is part of it. It's time and all these other things. There's, the, there's something about... What happens when that thumb hits that string? He reaches through. It, maybe it was that little AM radio at the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Little three-inch speaker or whatever it was. He can grab people who 
don't consider themselves jazz fans or don't spend their lives as Rodney and Mitch do thinking about what this music can do. It's just, it's that thing of sitting around the campfire and being able to grab people by both lapels and... It's organic. Yeah. And and I think there's something magical about both hands being in touch with the instrument, mm, you know, mm. kind of like, the, you know, the, the grounding episode, you know, grounding uh, consciousness now, you know, where if you t- your feet touch the ground, you're grounded and there's other thing and, you know, I think there's something grounding about, and I know in my own playing, when, when I'm using my thumb... You know, I went to a master class with with Segovia once. Wow. And all these young guitar players came out and just played the living daylights out of the <laughs> yeah. guitar. It was embarrassing. They were so good. And Segovia was quite old and infirmed and in a wheelchair. And so they wheeled him out, and the, his assistant put his guitar in his hands. And he didn't play a note. He just tucks the strings and put his hand on the guitar. Mm. And in that moment, I understood why he was Segovia. He hadn't even played a note yet. And the difference was, when I looked at him, I couldn't tell where he began and the guitar mm. began. It was like one thing. It wasn't like man with guitar. It was like mm. this thing. I've experienced that with George Benson and Kenny Burrell, and, and I've experienced it through watching Wes. Like, he becomes the music. It's not like person playing the guitar. Wes is not playing the music. Wes is the music. And that's a remarkable thing. It's it's a it's an it's a stroke of genius really, and it's an act of you know divine intervention. I think so. Back to the half note, we heard what did we hear? We heard uh, Laura and Karib, and you were doing a little explicating about actually about the technique of playing that song, which sounded very yeah. Simple. Karibe, Karibe, which by the way, Burks is with yes. an I. On, Yes, it's not Carbia. <laughs> no, Burks. Burks is. Oh, Burks. Yeah, yeah. Burks works. Sure. Um, B I R. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, this yeah. doesn't mean <laughs> Carbia. So when he played Carbia, <laughs> when he played Cariba, um, you know, I played that tune, and you know, learning it was like a beast. Like it seems, you know, like oh, it's a simple little tune. You know, dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That's not so terribly difficult. But then that octave thing, the way he played it. Yeah, okay. Think it's easy? All right. Let me see. How many people have recorded that that I've heard? Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's a reason for that. Maybe, maybe Tim Fitzgerald on his his record of West Montgomery for big, that he wrote for horn arrangements, maybe he recorded that. I'm not sure, but it's quite a challenging tune. It's simple in nature, but, you know, it's not so simple. Yeah, and do you, do you ever see Wes sweat? Does he ever show the effort behind all that? Um, not in the way that you see other musicians sweat. He's, he doesn't make ever, those ugly faces. And... No, he doesn't do guitar face. Yeah. Not, <laughs> at least not, not from the existing videos. He always looks happy and at ease. You know, there's some video like he's playing like amazing, genius, fast, genius, brilliant guitar, and he's looking around like, hey, who's getting coffee, you know? <laughs> Someone picking up the newspaper, where's my laundry, you know? He's looking around like it's completely in the moment, which tells me, like I was saying, you know, that the music is just flowing through him so naturally that it's it's just, there's no barrier to it. He He's completely authentic, he's completely relaxed, and so the music is flowing and it feels like that, you know? Let's go back to the half note. I like this place, feeling at home now. And uh, what's coming up in this set? 
You asking me? Uh, if you want to. You talking to me? Talk, I don't see anybody else here. <laughs> I must be talking to you. Uh-huh. Well, we're gonna we're we're playing the the Burke's work stuff or the Blue and Boogie. What I think we're up to a little blues. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. The the blues. You mean after Mikosa? Uh, after Carbia. Oh, a little blues. Oh, after Carbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Kariba for those of you who are we're joking around. It's Kariba. We these these these. There's a typo that says Carbia, yeah. and that's that's the inside joke. Yes. Um, Very inside. Yeah, a little blues is called. Is that what he says? I think he says we're going to play a little blues. I think he does. Yeah. It sounds like um, it sounds like the Miles Davis. Is that walking or whatever it is? That, I think so. Yeah, it sounds kind of like influence like that, but then he gets off of that. Maybe he realized like he would have to pay publishing <laughs> if, he, if he kept playing it. So I think he changed it, and played something else. But it's beautiful. Yeah. And then four on six. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. It's West Montgomery Radio on WKCR. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, here with Rodney Jones. If it gets better than this. By golly, I don't know how. Tariba. Some of all we possibly can. The play of theme. <laughs> Little blues. <huh? have been the beautiful sounds of jazz here on Fortress and Jazz, live from the half note, presenting Winston Kelly with the trio and the fabulous Wes Montgomery. And everyone here is enjoying themselves. We'd love for many of our listeners to come by here on a Friday night. And of course, join us here at WABC FM. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon with our jazz matinee show from 3 until 6. 
Part of the cost of the stereo remote broadcast is afraid by the Half Note Club, remote engineering by Sid Simon, Dick Sisk, and Ron Sisk. This is Alan Grant until tomorrow at 3. Stay beautiful.
That is part two of this program from the centennial of West Montgomery, March 6, 2023. Rodney Jones, my guest. You heard in that part of the program that incredible rehearsal tape. And all of these recordings are really true rarities and very, very as good as it gets. I got to tell you, if you're enjoying it, then I'm going to ask you, please do make sure you subscribe to this show. And that way you won't have to worry about missing an episode. And also, I'm going to ask you to click the likes, thumbs up, five stars, whatever they have on your podcast. I don't ask for money. I don't ask for you to do anything else but enjoy the show. Tell somebody about it. Two things I'm going to ask. Two, 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 two obligations I'm going to put upon you if you are so willing. Tell somebody about the show. There's nothing better than a personal recommendation. And give us some likes and all that stuff. The only reason is it's going to help somebody who's never heard of the show to find out about it and maybe enjoy it as much as you are digging it right now. That would mean so much to us. Okay, you can email me too. Send an email to deepfocusnow at gmail.com. Deepfocusnow at gmail.com. All right. See you at part three.